If you got your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 13. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, and I say that to the saints of Indian Village. I preached on this a couple weeks back or touched on it maybe. I don't remember the depth to, to, to which we uh, went into it. But um, the Lord a couple days ago began talking to me about it in a different kind of a different perspective and angle uh, from it. And I felt very fitting uh, for today. I've never been one to, to be prone to, to preach uh, based on holidays or thematics. I'm sorry, I just, I, I'm going to preach what the Holy Ghost tells me to preach. And if it's Jesus wept, then we're going to preach Jesus wept regardless of Easter or Christmas. But I understand humanity and, uh, and, and what we expect to, to hear. So I'm going to do my best by the help of the Holy Ghost to accommodate uh, all, all parties in the house here today that you leave blessed. And with a word from God, folks, if we ever need, we got to hear from God. We, we don't need the words of man or institutions. We need the word of God to speak to us in this hour. Numbers 13, starting with verse 23 and they came unto the brook Eshekal and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshekal because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. I pay special attention right here in 25 and 26. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And, and they went and came to Moses, to Aaron, and to the, all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and shewed, showed them the fruit of the land. They told them and said, We came unto thee the land whither thou sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. I want to preach from just a real simple, simple thought. The blessing is real. The blessing is real. If you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time. Ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, speak to our heart, our mind, our spirit Lord, you know every situation in this house today, every crisis, calamity, and circumstance that we all face. And I'm asking you today, please, through your word, minister to all of us in this place that we leave knowing that there's a God of heaven that cares about his people. And you will do whatever it takes to show us that the blessings of heaven are real. And we ask it today in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Ron, have for me, or who's back there, Lexi, have for me Luke chapter 24 and verse 39, 24 and 39, after a while when I, when I get to it. 
You know, you and I, as, as this is just maybe the way we're geared. Uh, I, I have my own understanding or, or take on uh, the perceptions of humanity, how we arrive at where we are. Uh, we, we've been through situations, circumstances of life that have caused us to shape our opinions, shape our principles, shape our mindsets, perceptions, on and so forth. But down in the, in the heart, I think, of all of us, we could, we could commonly agree we like guarantees. I, I wish that, you know, I'm sure if you went into the oil field business, that, that those that are looking for oil... I'm sure they would love a guarantee that uh, there would be like some uh, holy grail or some stick that they could point in the right direction and it would go right there's oil and they would move the grass and there's a big old X underneath the grass. Drill thou hearest and you'll find oil. Just the guarantee that as soon as we puncture the ground, Oil's going to come just springing up because we want the guarantee that every effort we put, every step that we take, anything that we do, we want a sure deal. That if I do this, it's going to really work. I want evidence and proof. I, I began to think in this message here and, and, and began to think about heaven. We don't have any recollection of anybody ever coming from heaven and saying it's real. We got Jesus and the resurrection and we can talk about that but, but I don't remember the last time old granny from Podunk, Egypt ever came down and said I've been there and it's really cool. I don't ever remember my grandfather who preached this gospel coming back telling me hey boy keep preaching the message because heaven's real. I don't have that. But yet God understanding us wanting guarantees and evidence. He has not left us without an earthly evidence that tells you there is something beyond today. There is something that says the blessing is truly real. You say, well, I don't see heaven in here. I don't see Jesus even in here. But yet, how can I, how can I put all of these pieces together and really understand that it's real? Well, that's resurrection. We'll get to that maybe after a while. But this story here in Numbers is a picture. It's an Old Testament picture. Canaan representing today, it's representing living this life now. Canaan is not representing heaven. It was a land that was promised to Abraham a long time ago. Genesis 12 says it like this, Abraham's in the plains of Mambri. This is Old Testament and he's sitting there and angels show up and they tell Abraham, Abraham, we're gonna give you a promise. Now it may take several hundred years for the promise to come to pass. But the promise is going to come to pass. And the promise is you're going to have the city and the land of Canaan and Hebron. At that moment, Abraham could have said, forget it. I want proof. Abraham didn't get no proof. Abraham didn't get any, any, anybody signing a check saying this is it. We're going to give you a down payment that it's real. 
We're giving you a deed that it's going to happen. We're giving you a promissory note that Hebrew's going to be yours. Abraham didn't get anything. He had to say, okay, God, I cannot see it, smell it, touch it, hold it, feel it, but I'm going to walk by faith and know that, God, someday this blessing is going to become reality. It wasn't in his time that it even came to pass, but here we're in numbers now. We go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. We go years past and now the children of Israel are on the threshold of taking the land. And here's what God did. He said, I need you to get everybody together, Moses. And I need you to send 12 spies into the land that I promised Abraham. I need you to send 12 spies into that land because I've got an old promise that I made to Abraham and I need to make sure that the people understand the blessing's real. You see, God understands you and I, our faith. He understands that we have highs and lows. There's days that you and I believe that God can do anything and then there's days we question whether even God exists. Come on, I wish I had some witnesses here today. I'm the preacher and I'll tell you, there's been valleys I've walked and I've lifted my head, Brother Bushnell, and said, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? Are you even real? But I kept walking. I kept taking a step forward. And I kept hungering more for him because I knew that if I was going to get where God had me, I got to have more of God. See, this world wants to tell you and I, you just kind of get a little bit of God and that's good enough. But if you and I are ever going to see the blessings that are real, if we're ever going to see true peace, if we're ever going to see true joy, if we're ever going to see health to our family, if we're ever going to see a marriage being put back together, then you and I are going to have to take a step of faith even though I have no evidence that God's really going to do it can I believe you say well that's what I'm doing now yeah but we're still seeing despair we're still seeing hopelessness we're still seeing brokenness. We're still seeing families ripped apart. We're seeing addiction take over in families, whether it be drugs or alcohol, whether it be perversion, whatever it is, it's taking over one family. Folks, let's just get honest. Our world is in a mess. You can't look on anything and not see all the chaos that's going on from one end of the east coast to the to the, the east coast to the west coast. It's in chaos. It's in shambles. It's in disarray. It's in civil distress, rioting, and and, and things that are just unspeakable are taking place. What's it going to take for the church to realize God is still going to bless His people? God is going to carry you and I through, no matter what may go on out there. As long as I can trust the blessing is real and Moses says send them out two spies come back and say we can take it the other ten say I'm not sure and here's the message the Lord gave me for this congregation today we know Canaan's the promise Canaan is the fulfillment those 12 spies, the Bible says they went southward. That does not mean they went south. It means they went the route in the direction of Hebron. And they stood in Hebron. 
The same place that God told Abraham, I'm going to give it to you. Years later, they stood. See, this is what we can't see. You and I living for God today affects our kids tomorrow. And it affects grandkids that are coming down the road. That's why you and I cannot live short-sighted. I'm living just for now. I'm living just for the moment. There are sons and daughters that you and I have that are counting on me believing that the blessing is real. I've told this as parents before talking to them. My God, I said, if you can't live for God, at least do it for your kids now. And they stood at Hebron. So the fulfillment of the promise, but only two comprehended the blessings real. Only two comprehended out of 12. Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12. That means you two are the only ones that believe it. The rest of you don't even believe it. That's not good odds, folks. <laughs> That's not a good guarantee in my, I don't know what math level y'all do. Mine is real simple. I ain't high up there. But even I got that one. Two out of 12. You know what it tells me? Not that God's mean or God plays favorites. It means it's going to take an extra effort. For you to really believe that this thing is real. If you think believing is going to come easy, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And let me tell you what, this world's going to get even worse. You ain't seen nothing yet that's about to come to this world. You say, Ben, well, how can you smile about it? Because I might not have ever been to heaven. Brother Mark and tell, but I've done tasted of the Holy Ghost. I've done tasted of some heavenly things. I've been in some prayer meetings that I, I, I don't know what in the world moved in that prayer meeting, but the presence of God came in that prayer meeting that when I walked out, I didn't leave with my burden of fear. I didn't leave with my heaviness of heart of depression and anxiety and have to go take Prozac. When I left that prayer meeting, I knew God had visited me and he was going to help me no matter what I was facing or what I was going through. God's trying to show somebody here today, you're standing in the day of fulfillment. Just like it was, well, it, today is fulfillment. We're in the promised land of Canaan. You're in Hebron. But only two has got enough faith to believe. Here's the challenges. Let, let me paint the picture of what they faced. The Bible says they went to Eschacol. means cluster. Grapes the size of bowling balls. Now that's some good grapes. Uh, Dennis, I tell you what, you give me a load of bowling ball grapes, you're going to make me a happy man. <laughs> bowling ball grapes. Evidence. 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 See, God is not against you and I. Many would say God's not for us. Why don't God step? Why don't God send an angel today and just say, come on, boy, heaven's real. Things of God are real. Living for God's real. God ain't going to do that. So what he's going to do, he's going to give you some evidence. He's going to give you some New Testament evidence. All this thing, people talking about talking in tongues, talking in tongues. Man, that's just a Pentecostal thing. No, it's not. It's a Bible thing. It ain't a Pentecostal thing. It happened on the day of Pentecost. And we just so happen to be part of that because we associate with the experience on the feast of Pentecost. 
But the evidence that the spirit descended and lived was you spoke with other tongues. Now, Brother Roger, I flunked French. I'm telling I flunked a bunch. <laughs> hey, don't say nothing, Mama. We made it. We made it and I graduated. <laughs> but I flunked French. All this just sweet Jean Hugues. Come on, my God. Just say my name is. I know my grandpa, he could speak it in French. He knew it. He preached in French. I missed that memo. I didn't get that gene. I never learned Russian. I don't know German. I don't know Swahili. I don't know Vietnamese or Philippine or Chinese or Japanese. But I know this, that when I repented of my sins and asked God to forgive me of my sins, something filled me that I never had before. And I began to speak something. They didn't go in my ear and say, Honda, 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 Honda. They didn't teach me how to talk in tongues. Something came out of my mouth that even I was going, oh, my Lord. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what in the world going on. You say, well, Ben, well, that was just a bunch of gibberish. Let me give you the story of the missionaries overseas that know how to speak English and don't know any other language. But when they're overseas in some foreign country, and while they're in the country, that missionary starts speaking in another tongue. And the native starts interpreting and hearing his own tongue. Folks, it's real. It's evidence that the blessing is real. This ain't something like STP. Holy Ghost ain't something you just put in your gas tank and it kind of makes you feel a little bit stronger. The Holy Ghost is the presence of God living in you and I that I can walk into Canaan and I can face depression. I can face hopelessness. I can face oppression. I can face fear and say, you're not taking my family. You're not taking my mind. You're not taking my kids because God's given me evidence that the blessing is real. The blessing's real. And the children of Israel, but now here's the battle, Sister Carmen. The battle we face is this. Here we go. When they stepped in, they saw three giants, external. So my challenge of believing that the blessings of God are real, the supernatural infilling of the Holy Ghost, let's just talk resurrection. It's Easter, that's what everybody wants to talk about. It's Easter. Why don't we throw it in? How do they know he resurrected? How do they know? You ain't got to go there. I'll give it to you quick. Luke 24. Jesus done resurrected. He ain't ascended yet. And Jesus is now walking amongst them. He comes to the 11. And they're like freaking out thinking it's a spirit. Watch what Jesus does to really freak them out. He comes in. It's me. They go, huh? Watch. Human nature. I don't think that's really you. I don't think the Holy Ghost is really real. I don't think it really can. I don't think getting the Holy Ghost is really going to change my life. Same thing that his disciples, man. Eleven of the faithful few. We ain't talking about Sadducees and Pharisees and all them on the fringes. We're talking the faithful few. And you know what they said? Or is that really what? He goes, watch. And they beheld his hands. 
Jesus is going to make sure you and I got all the evidence we need. You say, well, Benoit, how does that apply? If I went through this congregation today and say, who's ever been bound by alcohol, but when you received the Holy Ghost, you were free? Raise your hand. There's the evidence. Who's been bound by nicotine? And God delivered you and set you free. There's the evidence. You can't refute the evidence. It wasn't they joined a church. It wasn't because they joined a membership. It wasn't because they started giving their money. They went to an altar. And they said, forgive me of my sins. And God said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you evidence that your sins are forgiven. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And you're going to speak a language you do not know. The blessing's real. And Jesus said, here's my hands. Check them out. Oh, it gets better. Because you see, that's not good enough. Because a spirit, last time I looked, contrary to Casper, they don't eat. Don't believe everything Hollywood tells you. Spirits don't eat. If Jesus wasn't really real and had resurrected from the dead, look what he did. He says, I'm hungry. Pull up a chair and feed me. And when they did, the Bible says, and he ate and drank with them. He's trying to show them this whole resurrection. Now, I, I kind of feel for those people, Brother Roger, because after those 11 just saw the evidence, the greatest job was not them believing. The greatest job was trying to get other people to believe. Because they left that encounter, and they began and go to Acts 2, and they begin to declare, this is he. This is the same evidence. But the battle was, well, I'm not sure that's really the case. I'm not sure that's really the principle. You got a handkerchief somewhere? Huh? I'll take flour, baby. It's okay. Just anything. There you go. Yeah. You the bomb. Happy Easter to you. Sister Betty, where are you at? Sister Betty, 90 years old. Pooyah. Happy birthday, Sister Betty. If I still look as good as you at 90, I'd say I want you to give me something, but, man, that'd make it almost another 90. God love your heart, Sister Betty. Happy birthday. But, Brother Wade, the battle they faced coming out was seeing the experience, just like my battle today. I try to tell you the evidence. I got evidence. It's real. You can't refute it. I don't care how you want to. You can argue all you want. When you, it's real. It's real. I was bound by things that ain't none of your business what it was, but I was bound. And I couldn't break myself out. I couldn't get myself out. I couldn't get good enough to get it fixed. I couldn't get good enough to get it right. I couldn't get good enough in my money. I don't care how much money we had. Planes, trains, automobile, we had it all. And it still didn't fix my messed up head. But when the Holy Ghost came, Brother Sean, I got a brain transfusion. I started thinking clear. I started feeling something I ain't never felt, Brother Sean. See, nobody can ever take that away. The agnostic, the, 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 the intellectual, the, 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 it don't matter where they come from. They can never take away. I got evidence. The blessing's real. The Holy Ghost is real. The resurrection's real. And God wants to show somebody today you don't have to live in that depression and, and anxiety and fear. Here we go. Musicians, y'all get ready. I'm about to close. 
Jesus proved it to them. He showed them it's real. There's resurrection. Going back to numbers, here's the two battles we face. First one is giants. We face giants. We're holding evidence like today. There's evidence in this building today that it's real. There's evidence today. It's real. I don't care how you, whatever, it's real. It didn't just start 100 years ago. It started on the day of Pentecost. It's real. People can argue all they want. But the battles they're facing, and it's the same things I face, Brother Wade. I face giants. I'm looking at it going, think about the ten. Don't you think they felt like kind of moronish? It's a good word, ain't it, Dennis? They felt like a moron. You got two saying, I got the clusters. And you got ten going, but the giants are too big. We can't do this. What giant is looking before you today saying and telling you, if you make a move, I'm going to do If you make a move, you're going to look like a fool. Really, who's the fool? If I move, if I raise my hands, you're going to be, you're going to look stupid. If you do this, you're going to look crazy. If you get that Holy Ghost, they're going to think, your wife is going to think you lost your mind. When you're desperate, you don't care. When you got kids that's in and out of rehab and family members that are messed up psychologically, you don't care. One of the giants we face is this, and this is for people that were around Holy Ghost atmospheres. You know people that live this and they don't live it no more. And whether you admit it or not, that seeds in your mind. Well, my God, if they couldn't do it, I can't do it. Don't judge yourself and compare yourself between somebody else because you don't know what they faced by themselves in a closet that God kept reaching and trying to be merciful to them and trying to help them. Don't compare yourself to somebody else's failure. You and I have got to look at where we are today and all God's asking is, can you believe the blessing's real? What giants is it that's telling you and I you can't have what's literally in your hand? And here's the other component, the other enemy, internal. Those two spies had to combat the ten that said no. So if it ain't an outside giant I'm facing, I'm facing internal family problems. Either which way, I got a struggle on my hands. But here's one thing that that whole congregation could not deny. The Bible says they brought back those bowling ball grapes. And they went before Moses... They went before Aaron and they went before the whole congregation and they said, here it is. Your eyes, I, I don't have bowling ball grapes to put before you today, but I tell you what I do have. I got people in sitting on the pews of this congregation that their life was in shambles. Things were a wreck. They thought they had it all together and the rug got pulled out from underneath them and they got diagnosed with something they didn't think they'd ever get. And God remedied them and came. He healed their body. He healed their mind. He healed their family. He put their kids back on the right track again. God can do anything if you and I can believe that the blessing is real. Stand with me. You know, the battle, the battle we face. I gave you an Old Testament story. 
I gave you a New Testament story of Jesus' resurrection. And I'll give you even a New Testament church story. The book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four, that's the first four Gospels of the Bible. All that is is four men's account of Jesus walking and them watching him. I'm not negating it or minimizing it. That's just what it is. It's historical accounts or it's references to what he did. The book of Acts is the birth of the church. And you can go read it. It's one of the first times the church is used. It's only one other place Jesus used, and it's the church in the wilderness. And it is no application of this one. But when he first uses the church, as for a modern-day church, he uses it in Acts 2.38. So he defines the church as, if you want my resurrection power, if you want to experience the joy, the peace, the things that my... It's, it's like God saying, I want to give it to you. But you got to believe it. You got to believe it. You can't, you can't say, well, what about... No, I believe it. Even though I might not hold the grapes today. See, and I asked somebody here today, what is it you're facing? What is it that you, you're facing a judge? You're facing alcohol addiction? I thank God for 10 steps. I've worked with people through all that. And you know what? It's got a good place. But it is not the totality of what brings transformation. And what's going to rip that addiction out of the heart of somebody that's, that's there. The only thing that's going to change any of that is what God instituted for the church. When Peter stood that day and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he declared that, the Bible says, and such was added to the church. The defining parameters of the church is one that repents, is baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Why did Jesus even make reference to the church in the wilderness? Because it's a picture of Numbers chapter 3 that I just gave you today. He's trying to show us that the church in Numbers, those 12 spies that went in, two came back saying we can take it but 10 couldn't overcome the giants of the land and they couldn't overcome the internal family issues that tells them don't you move let's just wander in the wilderness around and around is there anybody here other than this preacher today and look I know I'm an unorthodox preacher I get that but I'm tired of seeing this world go in chaos and see people just weeping and crying saying what are we going to do we're going to turn to legislators to fix it. I, I'm not turning this into a political thing. Don't get nervous. What are we going to do? i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to tell this world the blessing is real. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you continue in living that life of being honest before God and, and transparent before Him, there's nothing that God won't do for his people and for his family that truly, truly trust him. Here's what I know. Today's Easter and we got a house full of guests and to try to fill everybody through. Here's what I'm going to ask. Grab the hand to the person next to you. Family to family, friend to friend. I know there's so many here today. But I'm going to ask today, right now, us together, take that hand, close your eyes and lift that hand to heaven right now. Because right now, the hand you're holding, maybe they don't have the strength to lift it right now. And God's trying to show them the blessing is real. The Holy Ghost is real.
This thing is not about church and denomination. Y'all need to throw that out of the way and let God show you today. He's real. God is real. And if you'll give him half a chance, God will show that by evidence. By evidence today. By evidence today. Now, I'm going to ask the hands that you're holding. I want you to come. Those of you that can, I know visitors, you listen, there's no obligation here. You're not joining the church, but I want to open it to here. If you need healing in your body, if you need peace in your mind, if you need help in your family, we're going to pray over those here in the altar today that God would just strengthen them, help them. Folks, that's what church is all about. It's about encouraging one another. It's about a church family reaching together and strengthening one another to get through some of these tough times. Come on, come, come. Come today. Come on, we got guests all even in the altar. Thank you, visitors, for joining us in the altar. We're a family here. We're not judging or condemning nobody. We just want to lift our voices to God. Now, those of you in the front, lift your hands one more time. God, altar workers, find somebody to pray with right now. There are people here that need a touch from God. Just go encourage them right now. Just encourage them. God, by the authority of the name of Jesus right now, God, touch your people right now. Help them today. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Let your will be done. Lead them in repentance, God. Come on, just ask God to forgive you right now. Forgive you. 